Hi. Hey there. Hi, Ron. Yeah. How's it going there? How you doing? Good. Yeah, it's good. Thanks. Excellent. How about you? Uh, it's been a rough week. It's getting seems to be getting rougher, unfortunately. Yeah. Let me set my camera up here so we can talk face to face. I haven't been on to in a while, so I thought joining. Okay. See, Ronnie just showed up. Mm-hmm. There we go. Nice to see you. Yeah. What's well, been rough is physical. <laughs> yeah, there's Ronnie. Good morning. Morning. Good morning, Rico. Hi. Hi, Rico. Oh my God, Claire. Hi, Ram. Hi. Hi, Ronnie. Yeah, it's been a while since I joined and I joined last week and it was so great. I thought I really have to make an appointment with myself. Wonderful. This week again. So, so glad to be here. Lovely to see you. Mm. Uh, would anyone like to pray us in? All right, I'll pray. <laughs> Okay. Happy to pray together. Happy to join hands virtually and connect as we open up our heart and invite our highest, most loving self, the Holy Spirit, into our open, loving heart. We are grateful to be the two or more that are gathered for the purpose of our healing and joyful awakening. We are grateful to let go of all blocks to love today. Everything that's coming up for healing is for our highest good. We're happy to just allow them to move through us. Just let them all out on the altar and let spirit do the rest. We don't have to know how to have this healing, but we're willing to allow it. And that is all that is required of us. Hmm. We're grateful to call upon the blessings of angels, ascended masters, our ancestors and guides to gather around us, bless us, envelop us in bright, white, golden light. Help us feel loved and safe and open to sharing our truth, sharing from the heart for the benefit of all who would listen later and everyone who is present here today. Mm. We call upon a blessing for our entire Masterful Living community, for Jennifer, the Power of Love Ministry, and every single brother and sister in our life on this planet across the entire universe. We're happy to know that when we're healed, they're healed with us, and when they're healed, we're healed alongside them. We're so happy to let this healing be shared, shared, shared all across the entire planet, the entire universe. 
Mm, and we're grateful to just let it be. It is done. It is done. It is done. And so it is. Amen. 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 Great prayer. Thank you. Thank you, Rand. Well, it's still morning in the world. Where is everybody else in the world, by the way? I'm in New York. All right, lunchtime. I'm in Switzerland. So it's just o'clocks in the evening. Real autumn day today. Yes. Yeah. Ending your day, and we're starting the day here on the West Coast. And it's still morning here in New Mexico. Beautiful. I think we've got a lot of the globe covered, it sounds like. Yeah. Rand, you said before we prayed in that you had a rough week. Do you want to share anything about it? Oh, or whether or not. Absolutely. Um, things got a little weird when the sun transitioned into Scorpio. My wife's a Scorpio. And um, she's always making, she doesn't live with me. She lives in the building with me, but she uh, really has ratcheted things up considerably. Um, And I was under the impression she wanted a divorce, but really what she wants to do is move out of the building and move away. And so she doesn't have to see me. And uh, since I'm pretty sick and uh, I've sort of wore out my chips when it comes to being sick and um, having a wife, apparently. So, uh, yeah, we had a kind of a major, major blowout last night, so. Uh, he said, don't see me at all. Don't text me. Don't do anything for the weekend type thing. And she's done that a number of times before. We've been married for 14 years, and 14 years is sort of a contract number, apparently. People's lives, they make decisions about what they do. And I think right. she's really tired, and I can understand that. Does anyone watch the television show called Mom on CBS? It's about people going through drug and rehabilitation. Uh, a mother-daughter going through drug rehabilitation. And that episode was about a woman that was dealing, the sponsor was dealing with um, care fatigue and her husband died and she responded with such relief and not sadness. And uh, we both watched it separately. And it, it really spoke to her and uh, about where she's at. I 
So I guess I'm just going to need to carry on for the moment being. But I'm living in Eugene and I really don't have a support structure nor really any friends for the most part. So I, I'm going to pickle. <laughs> so I'll be uh, mm. praying, putting this all on the altar, letting the Holy Spirit figure this one out for me, what I should do next. I know it's intense and don't carry that weight. Just put it on the altar. Don't carry with my story here that's being thrown out today. My heart goes out to you, Rand. Thank you. I appreciate that. It feels like a time of change. Yes. Yeah, things have kind of gotten rather unhealthy this last year. And uh, she was determined that I was going to die or something. It's my Saturn return in, in uh, astrology terms, if anybody knows about that. And uh, that's really colored her existence, you know. It's not really a pleasant way to live with somebody or be around somebody. I'm quite touched by your um, your compassion and your understanding for her point of view. Heck yeah, I guess. Even though it has that impact on you, you know. Yeah. No, I can I can be in her shoes easily. But she's found new family. She um, joined AA, and uh, there's all these AA buddies now in town, and uh, they text each other all day and talk and go to meetings all day, so it's a full lifestyle. Mm. It's like a community for her. Yeah, it is a community for her uh, that she's never had. I've never seen her have really any friends. And now all of a sudden there's this whole mess. So things are definitely changing. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. And it's interesting what you said, the 14 years. Is, is it the idea that things go in seven-year cycles? Yes. Well, uh, Contracts are sort of ruled by uh, 
Saturn and Capricorn. And uh, it takes about 28 years for Capricorn, or excuse me, for Saturn to go around the sun. And uh, so our contracts come up for renewal every seven years or so. <laughs> Uh -huh. in our lives on a spiritual level, you know. What I've heard of on a physical level too is that your, the cells in your body renew. And that the, I mean, obviously they're renewing all the time, but what I read was that every seven years, like within, it takes seven years for the whole, for your whole body, body to renew all of the cells. Something like that. So you basically like a new person every seven years. Yes. Yeah. And there's also um, a psychiatrist. I'm thinking Steiner that has the seven year cycles. Everything's in seven years, um, like developmental things that you have to get through in order to feel healthy and move to the next stage. So, yeah, there must be something about the seven year. Yeah. Is that Rudolf Steiner? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. From back. Yeah. So, Rand, are, I, I had heard the last time we were on, I heard a little bit, because I think that was the first day you had spoken to her, and I missed some of your story today. But, um, and, and I do think it's great that you have empathy for, for how she feels, and maybe you've already stated how you, how you feel, but what are some of the things that, just to catch me up for a second, are you, because um, I thought you really liked your apartment and you liked Eugene. Why can you not stay there? Well, I'm very severely disabled, and I don't really have any family here. And if I get sick or if I'm, I have any type of emergency, if I fall off the scooter and can't get back on type thing, no, I don't. Uh, I don't. I think I'll try to talk to a social worker. Uh, moving at this point in my life where I don't, you know, I'm not very well, seems like uh, <laughs> probably not the greatest idea. But yes, I do like living in Eugene. But my family's all back in Ohio. And um, such as it is. And uh, so that's where my wife always wants me to go. She says, go to Ohio, go to Ohio. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, some some of us, as we go through our spiritual journey, we redefine what family is. Right. Some of our core family isn't, you know, they don't even understand us. We can't really talk to them. It's unhealthy relationships. So I don't know that you would even, depending on your relationship with them and where they're at, would, you, would they even play that good, healthy role for you? Mm, only my sister, but she's 10 years older than me, so she's pushing 70. Um, yeah, so that's the question. Is it better to stick it out here and uh, see what happens or to try to pick up stakes? That's going to be one to turn over to the Holy Spirit to help me decide you know, what, what to do. But I got a room full of folks here that's given me all kinds of good thoughts. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you all. <laughs> the energy is good. 
I kind of wish there was a place, a magical place for people that once they get sick, they can go to and just be. Because uh, when you've been in a chronically ill situation for 10 years, uh, you wear out your welcome here. At least that's what my wife says. I don't know if I believe it or not, but 10 years does seem like a long time. That's hitting me in a funny place. I, can we discuss that a little bit more? I'd like to, please give me some input. It's not striking me very well, uh, wearing out your welcome because you're because you're chronically ill for 10 years and now you need to go somewhere else and wear out your welcome is what my brain is telling me. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, um, I go somewhere else and probably just have more people. So there would be less of a burden on a person. Uh, I don't know what my ultimate outcome is. Uh, you know, I'm numb in my hands and feet and, my muscles are all in knots and uh, walking is difficult. So I don't know uh, how long I'm able to live independently. But in the meantime, I'm doing all this great work on my spirit and my soul. Yeah, and you're you're certainly not a burden to us, and you haven't worn out your welcome. Thank you. In not even, living. not even close to where I don't think anyone welcome. would ever wear out their welcome. Well, thank you. Not even possible, is it? No, you're more like a voice of wisdom, and um, you know, I, I can't, I can't imagine. Um, I mean, and because only one person is telling you that, I think maybe. That maybe that's the part that has me has a red flag for me. One person is telling me. Mm. Oh, you mean my spouse is telling yeah, me? Yeah, that you're wearing out your welcome. Um, yeah, well, with her, she didn't say with anybody okay. else in particular. Yeah, there's some limit on. It. Go ahead. It's a, it's like it's lack thinking, isn't it? It's it's yeah. um. It's like a, yeah. it's a belief in lack. It's like a belief that this could be, this could be used up, and there's a limit, and that's it. It's, it's done now. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, it's it's a ego kind of. Yeah, and there could be people yet to be that you have yet to make the acquaintance of, who would um, find it an honor to care for you, help you, and in, in this, you know, and they and they you have yet to find them. There, there, there are those of us who reach out to people and find it, you know, find that what we get back is more than what we give. Absolutely. Well, I'm not totally without care. I have people coming in three days a week to clean up the house and take care of laundry and grocery shopping, that kind of thing. But, you know, like I said, uh, Still busy trying to uh, <clears throat> figure out what to make of uh, 
this whole uh, situation. I've been here before. This is my fourth marriage and my second wife. I was ill then, and uh, that was like 30 years ago, and and uh, she moved on, but only after about a year of being sick. So it's a different time. So I am tired. I want to put on the altar the whole business of suffering and going through all this nonsense. This really doesn't seem like a pleasant way to live. And I hope I have absorbed all the lessons I needed to absorb in this life so I don't have to ever do it again. Mm. <laughs> That's my goal. That's the deepest yeah. desire of my heart. And it strikes me too, Ryan, that, um, you know, you're, you're worthy of being loved and cared oh, for, yeah. you know, so that's just because one person or even three others before, or however that, you know, we've all, we all have, some of us can say we have multiple marriages and things, yeah. you know, it's, it's, but as we learn and grow and clean and clear and expand, um, we're we're operating under the under the new belief, the true belief that we're worth loving. We're we're not separate, you know. So um, I'm hoping you'll examine your situation from that point of view, which would be interesting to see where that leads you, as you're guided in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Um I think part of the issue is my wife, we, when I first met her, was grieving. And grief has sort of dominated her life. And uh, so I think I just pegged her grief meter. <laughs> That's what she says. She says she doesn't, she says she still loves me, but... Um, She's had all she could take, basically. So. As I sit here listening to you, a couple things keep coming to my mind. Is Have you asked Spirit to bring someone into your life? Uh I have, but not in a specific way, but I think I will change that prayer to bring new, new beings. I am getting, I think yesterday or the day before when I really needed it, uh, uh, I was getting text messages from people like Rosalind and uh, text messages from uh, a Methodist minister who also does Course in Miracles. <laughs> that I'm close to. Um, so there is some some energy out there. And the other one is, um, I just see that you have a wealth of wisdom to share with many, many people. And I keep thinking of a independent slash assistant living facility uh, facility. Yeah. There's some really, really nice ones out there uh, that you could be surrounded by people that 
I think you could really help. Mm. And therefore help you. Yeah. Now that'd be a good social aspect to being in something like that, I suppose. Yeah. And those people would love to have someone to help them spiritually. Mm. Well, I'd be the youngest one there, I imagine, by a long shot. I'm 59. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Before I moved into this apartment, I looked at one of those and... Um, from their perspective, I wasn't really healthy enough. You know, I was getting around on a scooter and uh, whatever not. And so they didn't see me as uh, a candidate at that point. And I bought this apartment. Well, I'm sucking all the room out of the air. Does anybody else want to bring up something big? <laughs> Has anybody got something joyful to share? I don't know. I, I It's not... It's not joyful. It's joyful for me. I'm I'm glad to be back. I feel like I'm back in the. I don't know how to say. It. I feel like I've got both both feet back in because for a few months I had one foot out of masterful living and I felt quite separate. But I think I was doing it to myself, if you know what I mean. And I had a a lot of resistance. So I was, my practice was quite half-hearted and something came up for me a couple of weeks ago where things just got so intense at work and I just felt so overwhelmed um, that I, oh, Dina has to go, see her. Um, yeah, it just kind of pro propelled me back in because I thought I can't deal with this by myself. This I have to do this at the level of the mind. So that's what I've been I've been working on just practicing giving up the the judgments and complaints about my work situation. And I feel so much better to be back in, like I said, with both feet <laughs> more committed again. Yeah, so that's that's positive. And that came out of feeling absolutely awful for two weeks. Just I actually went into, a one, one morning I went into the bathrooms at work and I burst into tears. I haven't done that for years and years and years, hardly. Um, I don't know if I've ever done it in this job. I think I did once a few years ago when I was going through my divorce, but uh, this was about the work and about the pressure I was under. And that kind of brought it home to me, okay, something has to change here. And... Um, I just didn't want to wrestle with it in the world anymore, no. 
and I was tired of complaining to people how busy I was and how stressed I was. So um, I think that although I felt so bad for a couple of weeks, you know, that's what made me get back in. So I guess it was for my good after all. <laughs> As I knew already, but I guess my ego was just in charge. <laughs> yeah. You're definitely in the right place then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this week's been, you know, I've had a similar level of of work, but I just feel better about it because I've been stopping myself every time the complaint comes up or the judgment about my boss or whatever. I've just, you know, it's it's still coming up. I've just said, mm -mm, no, no. And doing the um, doing that exercise uh, in the class about I lack, I, you know, what I lack, what I crave, what I want, that brought up, that was really useful for me and it, it brought up these beliefs that I, um, I don't have the support that I need. Um, I don't have anyone to take the burden from me. Um, things like that, which was exactly what I was experiencing. Um, and after I did that exercise, it was just so clear. And I, um, so one of the things I did was to really start to notice whenever anyone supported me and whenever I got any help with anything and just really notice that and affirm it as well as saying what I would like. You know, instead of saying, oh, this is too much, I can't do it, just, oh, I would really, I would like support with this. Um, you know, yeah. So, yeah, that's my story this week. And just feeling more peaceful yeah and, and this that you know the deep desire of my heart is to feel peaceful at work and to feel you know um fulfilled fulfilled and peaceful and joyful and also to bring i mean you were you were in the call last week ronnie right we talked about this um just to bring that the spirit into into work with you and think as I transform my attitude to this office environment, I can actually help others too, you know. So, yeah, it's been going well this week. So good to see you, Claire. Thank you. You too. Yeah. And I can relate so much to that um, job challenge work challenges I've cried in bathrooms too or sometimes just even out in the open <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I also noticed that um I didn't want to freak anyone out they would have been very freaked out if they did yeah <laughs> I would just like I just couldn't take it anymore and but that gets people's attention in a good way sometimes <laughs> Well, I didn't know you were that upset. You know? um, and I also noticed that um, these like spontaneous bursting into tears and these emotional reactions we have, I thought that I'll have like fewer and fewer of those as I go in my spiritual progress. But it seems like at least right now, it just could happen even more. 
like the emotions can come up more easily. And sometimes it just like bursts out and just expresses itself before I can even think about it or catch it. And, um, and I used to judge myself when that happened, but I, I, I don't do that anymore. And when emotions come, it just comes and it's nice to let it out. And, and what's curious is that even when I'm having um, like a breakdown or a tantrum or whatever you want to call it, there's that part of me, there's like an objective, more like a gentle, loving observer part of me that just watches it all happen in kind of like a fascination. Like while I'm just sobbing and bawling my eyes out, or just feeling so sorry for myself. Um, there's another part of me that's just kind of like observing and watching and just aware that this is happening, but not judging it. And it's kind of nice to tune into that part of myself more and more, like even as I'm in this like breakdown. Um, so I'm grateful for that, that awareness of the bigger, the bigger us that knows that nothing is wrong and nothing is wrong here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a lovely description. Well, that part of you that's just, just kind of waiting and saying, okay, it, if you're finished now, we can <laughs> move on from this. <laughs> yeah. You do what you need to do for now and I'll yeah. be over here when you <laughs> exactly yeah I just had a couple of um, aha moments recently that that was very fleeting but it was nevertheless very powerful and one of it like both of them like I, I, I knew them I understood them intellectually but I just felt like I had like a direct experiential knowing moment um, and one was that whatever judgments or thoughts or emotions or sensations that are, or physical symptoms even, that are I'm experiencing, it literally is like this, this cosmic dance, like the energy that makes up this whole universe of form just like dancing through me and expressing itself through me and there is no good or bad, right or wrong whatsoever. Um, I might judge it as pleasant or unpleasant, but whether it's like my skin's flared up or my joints are hurting or I'm, I'm feeling happy, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling angry, I'm, <laughs> I'm judging somebody, I'm praising somebody, it doesn't matter. It's like everything is kind of just moving through me. And I, like what I really am is this like container for it. Like it's, um, it's like I'm, I'm not Rieko. I'm, I'm, I'm that which is aware of all of Rieko's thoughts, emotions, feelings, sensations, and experiences. And whatever's passing through my vision, my body, whatever it is, is all good because who I really am cannot be affected by any of it. Like it's, it's like our heart is so much bigger than any of the things that we're experiencing, any of the things that are challenging us, any of the things that are um, are in our face. Um, 
And so it really, it literally is all good. And the suffering comes when I judge it and think that this means something bad. This means that I did something wrong. This means that I'm not doing it right. This means that I screwed up. This means that blah, 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 blah. Um, and uh, it's such a nice place to be when I can be there <laughs> in that awareness. Um, and another aha moment was, so um, I also have a physical challenge that I'm, I've been very much identified with and attached to and think that I am defined by that. And my mission in life is to get rid of them and all those things. And it's been such a, my, really my greatest teacher. But I had a day where I was at a party and at the end of the party, after everyone went home, I just had this moment of realization that, oh, I was not thinking for a second about my physical problems, like during this whole party, like not at all. And guess what? When I'm not thinking about it, it literally doesn't exist. Like literally it does not exist. <laughs> Some people might think I'm crazy, but I just had this moment of realization that it is what it is our attention, our awareness, our uh, thought that gives form to our experience. And so when we're not thinking about our problems, it's literally like not there. It's not, it doesn't exist. Um, and in the next uh, moment, you might, you might like think about it and therefore it exists. But when it's not in our awareness, it doesn't exist. And here I was trying no, so I, hard to, yeah. here I was trying so hard to like, so hard, like waiting for this moment for like this discomfort, this um, challenge to be dissolved and go away, right? And that's when my true happiness will come. But actually, even throughout every day, there are a lot of moments where I'm not thinking about it and therefore it doesn't exist. <laughs> Um, isn't that pretty cool? <laughs> I think it's pretty it's very cool. cool. And you know what? There's there's this um, there's this thing in modern fit. Now I'm coming up with some something else now. But I read a book in the summer about physics, modern. I'm not really a science person, but it was really um, one of these books that's written for the lay person. Like you could read it if you didn't know anything about um, physics theory. And there's some there's either either a theory or a finding in modern physics that um, these electrons I think it's electrons they only exist when you observe them. Yep. And when they're not, <laughs> it's just exactly what you're saying. When they're not under observation, they kind of disappear. Now I didn't understand it, but it sounded exactly like what you just said. Well, I have to go back to the book and look it up. That's it. That's it. So it's like, let's say I had a gigantic zit on my face one day, right? And I'm going to a party. If I didn't know about it, it doesn't yeah. matter if other people see it. It's in their world right now, but like, it's not in my world if I'm not thinking about it. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like that. And like, literally in that very moment, there is no zit on my face, like in my, in my world. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> 
that kind of changes everything. Like, to think that all the things that you think are so far out of your reach that without it, your life is never going to be complete. Like, there are moments throughout your day, throughout your day already, where you are already, like, you're not thinking about it. You're not experiencing the lack. You're whole. You're complete. You're not missing anything. You're happy. Like, even for, like, a fleeting moment, like, there are moments throughout the day where there is no problem. And actually, in any present moment, there is never a problem. Ah, so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether I could be in that awareness all the time is another question. But um, that I feel like that really helps me shift my perspective, especially when it comes to long-standing challenges that we we have in one form or another. Yeah, it's it's really it's a great observation and really helpful for you to share it as well. Thank you. So the trick is to to uh, keep tapping into that. Mhm. <laughs> Every chance we get. yeah and for me that's where the practice comes in right because as soon as you're feeling as soon as you're not there you you can go there but you know you can you can do it but it just I was going to say just takes that small effort but I suppose that's the willingness right takes the it's the awareness and it's willingness and just exercise that that muscle of just going to the place where you realize that you you created your own distress and you can actually just let it go because in this moment where you're sitting right now everything's okay Yeah, and I'm realizing that the the thing that pulls me out of that piece so easily is comparison. And it could be comparing myself to other people. I could be comparing myself to who I was yesterday or a couple of years ago or um, who I thought I would be in the future. It could be anything. But the comparison instantly takes me out of that piece. And even when it seems like there is no comparison involved, there is because the reason why I get depressed is because I think I don't have something that other people have or that I'm doing something wrong that other people are not doing. And where did I get this idea of what other people are doing? Just It's just stories. It's just what I heard, what I read, what somebody told me. Um, 
like um one of my uh one of my prayer partners was uh telling me that she was um she was eating she ate brownies for breakfast one time and and there was a sense of like guilt and judgment about it that that I sensed and and I thought what if we lived on a planet where everyone ate brownies for breakfast? Like that's our breakfast brownie, right? Like that's what people eat and they're super healthy. <laughs> like what if we lived in that kind of planet? Would you ever have judgments about eating brownies for breakfast? Mm-hmm. Probably not. And yeah, no, I- I mean, I live in a country where people have chocolate croissants for breakfast yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, a, that's a standard breakfast thing. Yeah, and and I, it was just such a liberating idea for both of us, really, because I had this, you know, I shared the same judgment with her at the time, and and to just like laugh about how we just come up with all these ideas about what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong, what's spiritual, what isn't. Um, but really it's just a concept and concepts we can let go of and it, and then that's where our freedom is really, um, because <laughs> there's no end to comparison, no, none. Yeah. And when you were, what came up for me when you were talking about the comparison is, I think for me, I'm also comparing myself um like comparing the mm, I don't know how to describe this but what came up was the image of looking in a mirror right you could be perfectly happy with yourself physically um if you weren't no I'm not explaining it right I think it's the difference it's comparing the what you experience in yourself whether it's the way you look or the way your body moves with how you think you should be or something like that or how, and it's a difference between that way that you ju- you can just feel very comfortable in yourself. Okay. <laughs> if you had that zit, right, that you're talking about and you never, ha- you didn't have any mirrors in your house, unless it was actually giving you some pain, you wouldn't care, right? Like, because you're not even aware of that. of what your face looks like. So who cares? Whereas like we've got these mirrors, we look at ourselves, we compare with other people, but we also compare with that image of how I should look. And I think this is coming up for me because I suppose I'm just getting to the age where my my body's changing. Like in like I don't know. I've got a tummy, I, I had a little tummy developed that I, I had never had. My doctor just looked at me and she's like, yeah, look, you've just been lucky all your life. You never had a tummy and you've got one now, get over it. At least she didn't say it like that, but that was basically the attitude. <laughs> she said it in a much nicer way, but she's like, yeah, you've just been lucky up till now. And it's it's normal. But I'm looking at this like, like, but this isn't me. I don't, it's not fitting into the image of myself. And I think that's just something to come to terms with that, you know, I got, I've got to stop comparing with this 
this image of what I should look like. There's nothing, there's no reason, like the brownies for breakfast. There's no reason why I shouldn't have a, a little round bit of fat. It's nothing terrible. You know, why, why not? Maybe this is me. This is me now, right? One of, this, one of those cycles that Rand was talking about. Seven years, 14 years, you know. We're always um, Yeah, so thank you. That's, that was interesting for me to hear you talking about that, like comparison. And then I thought, oh, I'm actually doing it with my idea of myself as well, not just other people. Sorry, Rand. Yeah, not a problem. I struggle with the same thing, growing older and body changing, and this isn't the way I imagined it would be. <laughs> I would like my old one back, please. But uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I, I really struggle with it. No matter how many times I say the things that you're saying, I had an interesting experience the other day. We moved from this uh, subdivision for. Three years ago, I guess three years ago, and really struggled with the people in the subdivision. And uh, but the other day, I came across where one of them passed away two years ago, like January eighth of two thousand seventeen, and it was sudden. And he was sixty six years old. So I I was curious about what happened. So. I started looking on the internet to see what happened, and I found his wife's Facebook page. So I started looking through her Facebook page, and what that did was started to show me more of who these two people were. And what I realized is living by them, them being neighbors, and all the all the stuff that was going on down there, all I saw was their ego, and I could never get past that. I could not see past that. Nor was I willing or wanting to back then. But as I'm looking through her Facebook, I saw a whole different side to these two people. And it was like, wow, I missed out. I missed out on these two people. When I read about them and realized really who they were, more of who they were really behind the, the ego there. And it's like, darn. So it really made me realize how much I can miss out if I'm only looking at a person at their ego instead of seeing them through Christ's eyes and seeing past all that and really seeing who they really are. And that just really helped, that experience really helped enforce to look past, look past that ego of theirs and mine to see the beauty of that person. And, uh, that, that, that just really taught me something. Really reinforced why we should look through the eyes of Christ at other people to see the truth of who they are and uh, because I missed out. <laughs> I missed out on these two really wonderful people who lived really close to me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's so beautiful. Thank you, Ronnie.
So is it about getting past judgment, Ronnie, on that? Yeah, you're muted still. It's about getting past all the perceptions, opinions, judgments, getting past my own ego. All those things. <laughs> Great lesson. See beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. I'm just reminded of my absolute favorite course quote, Rani, which, which you, you seem to inspire me, this quote, many, many times, which is that the holiest of all spots on earth is where an ancient hatred turns into present love. And uh, you said you missed out on them, but I think you're changing your mind about them. They're going to feel that. They might not know that's where it's coming from, but I think that's what it means that we're all one mind and that when we're healed, everyone's healed alongside us. Like they're going to feel something different because you, you saw them differently, I think. And yeah and helps me reinforces looking at others now now uh yeah i haven't worked in an office for 13 years because i've had my own business for 13 years so it's just been me but i remember the working in the office and uh now it's like i so wish i could go back and relive that being the person i am now and I wish that, and I, I would, if I ran into anybody that I worked with, I would be apologizing to them because it'd be because of my behavior in the, in the workforce, because of the way I behaved. It doesn't matter how they behaved at all. It all comes down to how did I behave? How did I respond? And I have to say, I'm, I'm embarrassed and ashamed of the ways that I responded <laughs> and the way I treated people. And have a, have guilt over that. Wishing I could, I could have been different back then. But, and even now, you know, being able again to see these people differently and understand them more. And, uh, yeah, the workforce. <laughs> that's a, I think that's a really a tough area, a real tough area. Yeah, and I, probably not tough if we invite spirit into it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's because our, like for me, like my worth was tied up in it in in my job, my performance, my team's performance, my what my boss thinks of me, what my coworkers think of me. 
how much I'm contributing, like all those things were completely tied up in my, my worth. I think that's why I had all these triggers. Um, yeah, and just yeah. it's very much place of comparison, isn't it? Comparing against each other, who's doing what. Um, so very ego, ego is very strong. In well, it depends, but a lot of yeah. office environments. Yeah. But Ronnie, yeah. I don't know. I feel a little bit disturbed when you when you talk about feeling embarrassed and ashamed, or maybe I'm just. Um, Maybe I'm just feeling it too with you, but it made me think of that um, that prayer um, about I must have decided wrongly because I'm not a piece, and then the last line being reversing it's the Holy Spirit reverses all consequences, and I just want to say that what you are sharing now, what you share. Every time I hear you, I do feel inspired to be actually be a better person. That sounds quite lame, but I mean it. And to um, so maybe I can kind of be maybe I can take that into my workplace. And you know, the idea of time, our linear idea of time, just has no meaning, does it? So. Um, what I'm trying to say, what am I trying to say? We're one. <laughs> I think this is what I'm trying to say. And maybe I can be inspired by what you just shared to, you know, bring that into my experience and and do that for you too. Yeah, Ronnie, I was going to ask And you I apologize, that. Rico. I think I talked to you, but um, my internet is, my audio was going in and out, so I didn't, I just realized too late oh. that you were just speaking. No worries, no worries. I, um, I'm stop yeah, no problem at all. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, Ronnie, I was going to ask you if um, you said that it's helping you see, um, see your coworkers differently and I, I was wondering if you're you'd be willing to extend the same thing to yourself back then that's a good idea yes yes I really I, I you know I don't think I've ever specifically um, looked at that and me I mean there's other areas in my life that I have but I haven't done that one Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to do that, Rieko. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I was the same with Claire. When you said ashamed, I was like, <laughs> Ronnie does not deserve that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. But, um, yeah, it sounds like there's a golden nugget there of great healing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I will. I will do that. Yeah, and I can totally relate to the same judgment because, yeah, I'm not necessarily proud of how I behaved in these situations. And uh, I actually had an opportunity to have coffee with my old boss from 
two two jobs ago um whom i i did not see him the way he deserved to be seen and and i was grateful that i could just straight up apologize to him about any suffering or pain or pain, like whether small or large that i had directly or indirectly caused him while i was working there and that how i was very insecure and selfish at the time and only complaining about other people not doing what they think i should be doing they what i think they should be doing and not really thinking from a place of how to be helpful So I I said it like that to him and he was kind of like he kind of like blinked a couple of times and I was like I have no idea what you're talking about but thank you I guess like I'm not upset about you in the slightest but okay but um <laughs> but that apology was more for myself really to for me to just clear the air and to make amends as Jennifer would put it and uh it felt really nice to do that and there are some people that I I I can't or don't think I would do that in person necessarily but um yeah i it's nice to it's nice to do that sometimes anyway i think i think we're at a time here soon does anyone have any other things they would like to share Rand, I think you're muted. I just wanted to thank everybody for being on board and listening as we process these things. And I really enjoyed hearing everyone else's stories. There's <laughs> learning and everything. Thank you. Very great. Thank you. We'll keep you in our prayers, Rand. Thank you. So Ronnie and I have done this before in our prayer partner calls, but I'm wondering if you would be interested in doing a circle of the deep desire of the heart together. 
so what what we do is take turns saying usually we time it but maybe we can do it like we say five of them or ten of them and the next person says there are five or ten and and so we voice our deep desire of the heart and just kind of hold space for other other people's desires of their heart and then Would anyone be interested? Sure. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. Um, so maybe okay. five? Five, okay. Five each? Yeah. Sounds good. And who would like to pray us out? I'll pray out. Okay, great, Ronnie. <laughs> so do you oh. want to start, start the circle? And then... Okay. I'll start the circle. <laughs> And then who will go next? So we know. So who's next? Okay, so on my screen, it's Ronnie, Rieko, Rand, and Claire, and that's the circle. So maybe we could go in that order. <laughs> mm hmm. Sounds good. So Claire's last one? Yes. Okay. <sighs> the deep desire of my heart is to see everyone through the eyes of Christ and love in my heart. The deep desire of my heart is to be in a loving place. The deep desire of my heart is to be a loving and healing presence for others. The deep desire of my heart is to remember the truth of who I am and all my brothers and sisters are. The deep desire of my heart is to let my light shine. The deep desire of my heart is to see every brother and sister as whole, limitless, beautiful, innocent, and one with me. The deep desire of my heart is to use all of my skills, talents, and gifts to bring more love, more peace, more joy, more inspiration, more harmony, and more beauty into this world. The deep desire of my heart is to know my own wholeness, innocence, beauty, and limitlessness. The deep desire of my heart is to live in total joy. Deep desire of my heart is to be a loving presence in this world. Deep desire of my heart is to be an instrument of Christ in the healing of all the relationships, physical, mental, and those that I encounter and live with. Deep desire of my heart is to see through Christ's eyes. Deep desire of my heart is to keep in the present mind, not in the future mind or the past. The deep desire of my heart is for healing to occur on all levels of my life. The deep des desire of my heart is to feel 
peaceful and fulfilled and truly helpful at work. The deep desire of my heart is to see everyone around me as perfect, whole and complete, especially the ones that are appearing to be something other than that. The deep desire of my heart <clears throat> is to be completely kind and loving with myself in every moment. The deep desire of my heart is to know that I lack for anything and to know that I'm always safe and supported. The deep desire of my heart is to release all judgment and live in joy. We take a deep, deep breath of love and gratitude. We are so grateful to have been able to come together where two or more are gathered and to know that we have been surrounded by spirit, by the angels, by all of the company of heaven. We're grateful for this sacred time together where we can share our ups, our downs, our joys, our laughter. We hold each other in our hearts and we see each other. We see the truth of who we are. We are perfect, whole, and complete. And it reflects back right at us. We're grateful to share the deep desires of our hearts and we hold each other's in our hearts. We're grateful for the healing. We know that when one of us heal, we all heal and all our brothers and sisters heal because we are one. And we're grateful that we are able to share our sharing with all those that listen afterwards. We're grateful to know that all our brothers and sisters share the benefits because we are one, one in love, one in God. And so it is with love and gratitude. Amen. Amen. Beautiful prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I joined this group this morning. You guys are beautiful uh, prayer partners. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you, Rand. Thank you. We're happy you're here too. Thank you. Yeah, thank you all. Happy you're thank all you. here. Feel very peaceful. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Love you. Have a great Saturday. Bye. Bye. Bye.